right. Welcome to Your Time, Your Money, the show where your time is just as valuable as your money. We know that. Welcome, Adam. Good to see you today. Good to be here. Well, we have an exciting topic today for the newbie yeah. investor. Yep. Or for the seasoned investor, I guess you could say either way, right? Either way, yeah. So we, we, you know, we thought it was good to maybe go back to basics and uh, you know, really do a topic on budgeting. You know, it, it is something that comes up all the time in our meetings. Um, I just was dealing with this last Thursday, um, so just a couple of days ago. And um, yeah, same, same, you know, just it's amazing what people don't do when yeah. it comes to money coming in. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you could have a Fortune 500 company. And it runs on what? A budget. Yep. But then you take the average household and people look like you have three eyes when you say, sure, hey, do you have a budget? <laughs> right, right. Right. And I think that's, uh, you know, maybe important that we talk about the basics of a budget and maybe some ways that people can do a budget, give them some different options. Yeah. Uh, and you really have to find what works for your household. I mean, there's no one way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, as we were saying, you know, a lot of times when we do our reviews, and we'll say, well, you know, well, money comes in and money goes out. Um, I pay these bills. Um, and if there's anything left over, then I'll do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, but when you have a discipline of a budget, you know where every dollar is going. Yeah, you know what's left over. Yep. It's not if anything. Right, right. right. All right well, let's get into it. It's yeah. your time. Your money. I'll let you do the honors. All right. So, you know, let, let's just talk about the, the blatant why, right? Um, you know, I think a lot of people understand the why, um, but the problem is, is, is that people don't implement it, right. you know, and, and I don't know how you run a household if you don't know what your cash flow is, mm -hmm. you don't know where money's going. Yep. Right. And we see it a lot of times where not having the budget creates the debt issue. Yep. Right. Creates the credit card debt issue, especially nowadays with interest rates being a lot higher, it's harder for clients to get out of debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a never ending cycle. They're trying to pay off their debt and they're kind of behind the wave, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And we, we want the budget to be something that gets them in front of the wave so that they know what their expenditures are. They know what their additional money is, and then they can apply it to what save for other goals or causes or things along that line. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of times the purchasing, power that we, you know, that people feel that they have is, is really not really what they have. And so, like you said, you know, you end up utilizing the credit cards and, uh, well, you know, you should ask yourself the question, is it in my budget this month or yeah. is it at this time? And, you know, and I think understanding that it, it is an issue in the American culture that psychologically we have to have things now. Right. Right. And you can't have a budget conversation without talking about financial responsibility and delaying gratification some when it comes to purchasing items. Sure. Right. Yep. I mean, too many times, you know, people are impulsed and they see uh, something on sale and they say, oh, I saved 300 bucks. And my response always is as well, did $300 go into your bank account? Right. Or did 500 come out because it was 800? Right. Right. And, and that common word of savings it, it, it's a psych, it plays a psychological game on you. Sure. Right. Sure. I can go and buy 400 things and save a hundred thousand dollars, but at the end of the day, be dead broke with no, right. <laughs> yep. No money at all yep. to show for it. Yep. So, I mean, just psychologically understanding that, Hey, if I want to get something, I should budget it yeah. and put money monthly away or quarterly away or use a payment coming in to purchase it when I'm ready. Right. Right. 
So, you know what, let's just kind of, uh, I'll ask the question, right? Uh, how does somebody start and make a budget? How do, where do they start? Yeah, you know, first is understanding the different types of budgets or things that people can get out there, right? Uh, I brought some props, actually. So the old school way was the old magic envelopes, right? Um, for some people, this still works. But ultimately, uh, what did the envelopes require you doing? Going to the bank after you got your pay, removing cash from the bank, bringing it home, sitting at the kitchen table and putting into each envelope. This is my utility bill. This is my food bill. This is my gas bill. Um, But in a more digital society like we are today, I don't know about you. How many times do you go to the bank and get cash? Uh, Virtually never. Right? I mean, I I know where the bank locations are. Right, (laughs) right. I probably couldn't tell you any teller's name, right. which you used to know. When I right. was a kid, I would know who the teller was sure. at the local bank or whatever. But nowadays, everything's credit card, right, or debit card, which we'll get into in a second. But, you know, so, so for some people, the envelopes may work. Yeah. You know, typically the older person, person that still wants the cold hard mm-hmm. cash, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, ch- change is never good in these things. You, get <laughs> you know, but, but in reality, nowadays, it's all digital. Right. So there's some great apps out there. We're not going to name any specific one, but I would encourage listeners to look around and try different apps and see which ones are the best for them. Uh, And then also credit card companies now, they have a lot of that built into their services. Mm -hmm. So you're already paying for it through fees or whatever else. But I know my credit cards, I can go in and I can itemize expenditures at uh, Sitgo, at Walmart, yep. at ShopRite, or whatever it might be, into groceries, consumer goods, mm-hmm. gas, you know, and it'll automatically separate all my purchases as I buy them yep. on credit or debit card. Easy way to see things. Right? Yep. And, and I think the next step then is to print it out monthly. Mm-hmm. Right, because a lot of times people don't look at it at all or at the end of the year. Well, and you brought up a point too. You know, a lot of times people, you know, will say, oh, what do you, you know, there seems to be a gap between where the money is coming in and, and we see that there's certain amounts of going out for expenditures, but then there's sort of this question marks of where, what are you spending $500 a month on? Yeah. And it's an easy way to see, oh, I'm spending it on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and the nice thing about the apps, the nice thing about the credit card companies is that you can see trends, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, it, it's funny because money does only go one or two places. Either you save it or you spend it. Right. Right. Yep. There's no other yep. option, really. Well, federal government, I guess you would say, right. is the third option. Yes, the <laughs> but, taxes. But there really is no other option. Yeah. So, you know, and if you're doing a save to spend account, like a lot of clients say, oh, I'm a great saver. I save $300 a month. I say, how long have you been doing that? They say, oh, the last 10 years. I say, what do you have in your savings account? They say 500 bucks. Right. Well, I know it's a save to spend account. Right. That's not really a savings account. It's not right. an emergency fund account, right? Yep. Yep. But you can look and say, oh, wow, on month I average... $50 a month at, at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Right? And that's the nice thing about those apps is you can make the hard decision and say, you know what? I'm going to make coffee in the morning before I go. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm going to go to Cumberland Farms and get it for 99 cents. Right. Versus Dunkin' or or Starbucks or, I don't know. Is there anybody more expensive than Starbucks when it comes to coffee? I don't think so. I was, I was <laughs> thinking actually that one coffee is $50. There, yeah, I think. yeah <laughs> probably. We should start a trend. We, we, should, should, we should like be the most expensive the, coffee the most out like, there and, yes. and create a trend of people going there for <laughs> $108 but, without but it, cream. <laughs> it's funny because people will say, I got to have my Starbucks. And those are not, you know, they're not inexpensive coffees. It doesn't mean that they're not good, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's those people that in, a lot of times it's spending habits, right? Where, well, habitually I get in the car, I stop at Starbucks and window it's and I, it's on my way to work and I grab my coffee and I go into work. 
And, you know, you do that every single day or five days a week. Yeah. And, what, you yeah. know, and I, don't, I, want, I want listeners to understand, we're not saying don't buy Starbucks. Right, right. Right. But what we're saying is in a budgeting standpoint where you're trying to get a household budget under control, trying to get on the front side of the wave, mm-hmm. right, of debt and, and insecurity and all this other stuff, it is perhaps maybe you want to postpone it for three to six months and know where your other money's going. Yeah. Right. So that later you can incorporate it into your budget appropriately where, where, where necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the apps are very good. Uh, I just went online and, and just typed in a Google Sheets. I said, I said, budgeting worksheets. So here's another option, right, that, that listeners can do. Yep. And this is just the first one that I printed. I don't know whether it's good or not, but, you know, it tells you the expenditures, tells you the specifics, the dollar amount spent, and it gives you a total for the month, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is more of a record keeping of cash flow, right? A true budget breaks it down and says, this is our gas for the month. This is what we have to spend. This is our food. And a yep. good budget always has miscellaneous in there for overages. Sure, sure. Right? The unexpected uh, costs that can arise over something. Some yeah, event. you know, and a lot of times we get the question, and I'll ask you, um, you know, we get the question of like, well, how do I budget for something that varies all the time? You know, like mm-hmm. my electric bill can be $100 a month to $300 a month. Like, how do I budget for that, Adam? Right. Yeah, and, and you know, usually uh, for, for me, I would say go with the higher number because then if it's not as high as you know, $300 for a utility, you know that you've got a little padding built in there and it's expected. Yeah, and it's a good way to save money too, right? Right, right? If, if your highest of your 12 months is 300 bucks and you budget for that, yep. but you average 200, you're gonna have $1,200 at the end of the month or end of the year, I should say, mm-hmm. which then what? Can either stay in there for emergency fund, maybe it's the purchase that you put off earlier in the year. Right. And you know, now you're Maybe it's a contribution it. to an IRA. Yeah, yeah. You know, the end, the end of the year contribution where you're trying to, you know, max your amount for the year. It yeah. might be something that's available to you then. Yeah, another suggestion I would I would probably make is the old credit versus debit card, mm-hmm. right? If you're using a debit card, you're usually analyzing your finances a little bit more. Yes. Right? Because that can, quote unquote, bounce. Right. Right? Right. Cre- credit, it could bounce, but usually your limit's so high that most people aren't spending up right. to their limit. They're not near it, yes. Right? So, yeah. you know, you... you Part of your budgeting may be just switching to a debit card so that it forces you and your spouse to have discussions mm-hmm. about where money's going, what's in the account, right? Because a lot of times people don't look at their bank account every day. Right. I mean, we do. We do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Usually as financial advisors, right? right? Yeah. But, but most clients don't. Yeah. So, you know, that may be a good suggestion for a listener that's having trouble with credit card debt is maybe switching to the debit card so that they are more conscious of it. Right. And, you know, it, it's the old analogy of, you know, if you have a $100 bill in your wallet and you go into a convenience store, you're usually not buying a pack of gum with it. Right. So there's something psychological about saying, oh, this is a seven, and I don't want to break a $100 bill. Right. Well, what people do, they'll pass it up. But if they have all singles in there, that $100 is gone by the end of the sure. day or the yeah. end of the week, yep. right? Yep. Well, same thing with the debit card versus credit card, right? Yep. And, and the argument is, well, I'm going to miss out on my points, mm-hmm. right? Well, some I think some debit cards have points, but most of them are credit-based, right? Right? How many people do you know retired off of credit card points? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a sound plan right there. <laughs> it's a sound, it's a sound plan. plan. <laughs> um, you know, you, you're making me think of this as well, reminding me of this, is, you know, like Amazon, and they get their deals of the day. And again, it's very easy if you just say, oh, yep, click. Oh, my card's already stored in there. Click. But if you change that out with your debit card, that will give you the second the second thought in a, in a you know in a, in a world where we're, we're trying to get to here, right? Is 
is uh, that second thought of should I purchase this? Do I really need this even though it's, you know, the deal of the day? Yeah, and sometimes it's just the breather yep. to say, you know what, I don't really need it. Right. Or let me shop it out first, yep. see if I can find it cheaper or mm-hmm. better, or let me budget it and buy it a month from now. Right. Right. And yeah. that's that's the problem we fight with as advisors is in our society. We're so ingrained to I have to have it now. Yeah. Because our neighbor mm-hmm. had it now. And I won't use the analogy. Yeah, I will. Keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> I'm yes, sure you've heard yes, that five million just times. About once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you coined that phrase. I mean, right. Right. Yes, it's an old family tradition. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> but that's, you know, but that's the, the problem in society today. Mm-hmm. And even our kids have that same mentality. Yeah. Right, they go to school. They see their their friend has the newer backpack, the newer sneakers, or, or whatever it might be, and budgeting goes out the window. Sure, right. Sure. And and I know at least my kids occasionally it's like, oh, why can't we get this, or why don't we get this? It's like, okay, well, we're not budgeted for that right now. Right. Doesn't mean they can't get it. Yep. It just means, hey, okay, maybe later if we know that's on the radar now, it's not, you know. But you 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 just brought up another great point, which is you know we're so often households aren't teaching budgeting to their kids. And, you know, I know, as you said, you know, I know my kids will come in and, and say, oh, can I get this game right now? You know, and it's, no, not not now. You know, this is we're not doing that now. But I, I love how when we ask you to clean your room right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It's the opposite of that. Yep. yep. <laughs> but but the idea of, of teaching our kids how to budget gives a, a deeper understanding for when they get out into the real world of how they need to make sure that they have enough money to keep the lights on, pay their phone bills, you know, those types yeah. of, of things that we do as adults. And, you know, we don't, oftentimes people don't often think to teach these these key financial factors. And that's a factors. good time, right? For, for a parent that hasn't done a budget, that's struggling with credit card debt, that's trying to get ahead of the wave, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? It could be a golden opportunity that as you improve habits in your life that you're teaching your kids. Mm-hmm. Right, that's that's pretty motivational. That helps yeah. you maybe stick to the budget. They, yeah. they say it takes between thirteen and twenty-one weeks to create a good habit, to yeah. create a new habit, mm-hmm. and that's along with destroying a bad habit, right? So bad habit of overspending or whatever. It's going to take you. You know what? what what's that? Uh, ends up being four to five months right. to create and destroy, destroy an old habit and create a good habit. Yeah, that takes some consistency. Right. But if during that time you can educate your kids on it. Mm-hmm. And know that they're going to grow up and they're going to be able to know what a budget is and understand a budget. You know, I, I think that's pretty valuable. And sometimes that might be the motivation that a listener needs to, uh, you know, improve the, their yeah. family life. Yeah. Yep. Right. Because yep. most generations stay in the same level. Yes. It's not until a child, maybe through education or motivation or whatever that might be, says, look, look I don't want to be in this situation anymore. Right. And then they work hard enough to get out of it. Yep. And part of that's through them learning how to budget on their own because mm-hmm. their parents maybe weren't good at budgeting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's the old, uh, the old adage, uh, what do you think we are? The Rockefellers, you know, when we're, when people are talking about money and in your case, the Joneses, the Joneses. <laughs> well, yes, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but you know, that, that whole concept of, of how money is perceived, but also how it's managed. And, um, again, we're not talking about investments necessarily today. We're talking about just the dollar and what, what it does for your household yeah. and the perception. And I thought, you know, we, we joked around about envelopes and these being more for older people, but I actually just thought about it while you were talking. You know, you could budget through envelopes nowadays by just requesting printed receipts. Yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a proactive, it would be a reactive budget where you take your receipts and you're putting them in here. 
on your own, mm-hmm. and then totaling it up at the end of the month. Yeah. And, you know, maybe putting limits on as far as how much you want to spend here and see whether you're over or under, you know, to analyze it. So, you know, yeah, we say that's maybe an old school, but, you know, perhaps maybe that's a good way to, to it, itemize. It is. And I'll, I'll tell you a story. I had a, um, I had a client who did not know what they spent their money on. So I asked them, I said, where do you put your keys when you come in from your garage? Well, I hang them right here on, you know, by the wall. And I said, okay, do you have a shoebox? An old shoebox? Yeah, yeah, I have a shoebox. So I said, what I want you to do for the next four weeks, for the next month, I wanted I want you to take and make sure you get a receipt for everything you purchase and then put it into the shoebox when you put your keys up at the end of the day so that you could track. And this is what they did. They, they Then at the end of the month, we stacked out what their receipts were and what they were spending their money on. And it was kind of eye-opening for them because they didn't realize how much they were spending on coffee or, or, or uh, going out to eat rather than uh, making a sandwich for lunch, you know, those types of components that people just do habitually without tracking their cash. Yeah, so and a lot of people may, may think that this episode is more basic, right? But we run into a lot of households yeah. where high income covers up massive mistakes when it comes to budgeting. Yes. Yep. Right. As long as the money's coming in, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But but it doesn't it, it, it doesn't help the person become a better saver or build net worth. Right. All it does is cover up bad mistakes with money. Yep. Like maybe it's a household going out, you know, 26 times out of 30 times in the month for dinner. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Maybe they can afford that and maybe they can just put it on credit card and pay the credit card off and never pay interest. But when you look at their savings, yeah, most households can't keep up with that by the time that they go to retire. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and they're now, but now the hard part is now they're in a, you know, 20, 30 year habitual pattern of spending at a certain level. Yep. And that's hard to come back off of. Without having the basics of a budget, it there's those those people out there that they get a bump up in their pay and their salary. But guess what they're doing? They're spending as much as they're making. And it keeps going up and up and up. And like you said, and at the end when they're ready to retire, they have nothing in savings. But with a budget, it helps you to track it and to say, okay, all right, now I can put more money over here into my savings in my investments, into my retirement. Um, you know, again, it's just, it is, ba- it's basics in the sense of, of at any level and at any income. Yeah. And, and a couple key points before we wrap up is in your budget should be a category for saving and it should be a category for 401k yes. or retirement yep. or maxing out a Roth, you know, your investment goals as well. Yeah. Right. We always say the adage, pay yourself first. Yep. And that's really should be one of the first things on your budget is, your future savings, your emergency yeah. money, your your slush fund, so to speak, so you don't go in debt. Right. The forced savings uh, that gets, again, just builds good habits. If I'm counting it as a line, as an expense line that I have to pay, then I'm forcing myself to save. Yeah. And I think some of the things that people can do to improve cash flow in the house, right? One is analyze all their subscriptions every year. Right, because there's a lot of subscription services yep. that are nine dollars here. Amazon Prime, uh, you know, uh, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a million subscription services nowadays that people sign up for. Yeah, and they're too lazy. And I say sure. that because I've done it before, oh, where, yeah. where yep. I've wanted to cancel, it and it's been three months before I canceled it because right. I was too lazy to to stop the subscription. Yeah, and that's what they bank on, right? They bank on the average person maybe six months to a year before they cancel it. Yep, and they've gotten six months or a year off of income off the person. Yep. 
right? So, so maybe analyzing your subscription every six months or every year, and then switching your payments of insurance, homeowner's insurance, car insurance to annual, mm-hmm. because the more you break down a payment, the more they charge you. Yep. On average, eight to 10%. Yeah. So, you know, you can shave off eight to 10% of all your insurance expenses just by going to annual. And once again, getting ahead of that wave, so to speak, of, of spending and debt. Mm-hmm. And so that you're not like, oh, wow, this bill came due and I didn't know it. Right. Right. And if you have a large bill coming due, like school taxes or property taxes, maybe having it on your calendar so you know ahead of time, like, hey, whether you're on pace or behind pace. Yes. Yep. Yep. The auto pays can hurt people who don't remember them. <laughs> you know, like you said, you know, I, we were wanted to, my, my daughter wanted to watch a movie recently. The only way I could watch it for free was to do a seven day trial on one of the, one of the, um, the streamers. And I immediately, as soon as the movie was done, I went in and canceled because I didn't want this, yeah. the whole subscription, but I knew that I would completely forget. Yeah. How many people so, forget? And yeah. the one movie cost them $35. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, okay. I mean, you could have got at least one pack of gummies at the movie theater right. for 35 bucks. <laughs> yep. <it> one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> we used to laugh, right? When you're watching movies, they, at the beginning, they would show the popcorn and the soda and you would see this bag of candy fill up like this. Yeah. We used to say, well, look, that's my entire college fund. <laughs> one pound of candy. At the, yep, yep. the store. Well, you know, hopefully uh, clients take this information. They're empowered by it. Yep. Uh, they shop out apps that they, you know, can find that work for them. Maybe they yep. delve a little bit more into the, their credit card in classifying their expenditures. Maybe they print out a worksheet. Maybe they get some old-fashioned envelopes right. and, and just get in the habit. Uh, but you can't do it without, in a, in a married household, you can't do it without your spouse. Sure. Yep. So we encourage, you know, sit down, have the hard conversation, uh, and really understand three to four months to implement. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to take discipline, you know, for for people to form those new habits. Um, but I I feel and yours you do too, right? It, it's going to be completely worth it for yeah, them. Yeah, we we want clients to take a sigh of relief, not a sigh of pressure on them yeah. in their budget. Yep. And we want clients to, to be proactive in managing their budget, proactive in saving. And the only way that we can do that is, is through some you know, psychological support of how important it is to a budget and motivation, mm-hmm. right? So hopefully listeners are motivated a little bit by this, taking the reins, so to speak, of their yeah. budget. Uh, they can implement it. Uh, please reach out to the Esley Group. We do have budgeting sheets. We do have a lot of different things, that uh, resources that we can help you out with. Uh, you can find us in a bunch of different formats. First and foremost, you can you can email us at the Esley Group. It's terrainvestors.com. Uh, you can find us at always yourtimeyourmoney.net for your net worth. Uh, there are consultation links on there. There's our phone number. You can get right on our calendar through Calendry on there if you'd like to schedule an appointment. Uh, and we're at 43 British American Boulevard in Latham, 12110 <laughs> or 844-444-YTYM to schedule an appointment or consultation. So please like, subscribe, and share. And as always, it's your time. Your money. Adam Jones, Matthew Trillo, Mark Esley, Financial Advisors, 43 British American Boulevard, First Floor, Latham, New York, 12110, 518-724-5004. Cetera Investors is a marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Special thanks, Chris Conlin, owner and craftsman of Skulls and Sawdust, 518 518- 
852-3673, skullsandsawdust at gmail.com. Special thanks to Bobby Chase and Jeff Carlson of Next Evolution Media, 518-879-1779, bobbychase84 at gmail.com. And last but not least, a very special thanks to our families for sacrificing many hours to let us see the vision through its reality. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not tailored towards any particular individual investment, objectives, or financial situation. This is not intended to be an offer or solicitation to purchase any security or insurance product. Zotero representatives do not provide legal, tax, or estate planning services. Should you require such service, you should consult a legal, tax, or estate planning professional. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Rebalancing may be a taxable event. Before you take any specific actions, be sure to consult with your tax advisor. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Cetera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, and attorney for details related to your specific goals and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. The Esley Group operates under Cetera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of the Esley Group. You should always obtain a perspective when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investments. Cetera Investors is a marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance is offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cetera Investment Advisor, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other entity named. 43 British American Boulevard, 1st Floor, Latham, New York, 12110. Phone number 518-724-5004. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either registered representatives who offer only brokerage services or receive transaction-compensated commissions, investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fee-based on assets, or both registered representatives and investment advisor representatives who can offer both types of services.